Hi, I'm Kevin, and welcome to my podcast, Finding My Freedom. Now, when I first started this podcast, I uh, really just wanted a place where I could uh, share my story, where I could talk about things that inspire me, things that I'm concerned about, just different topics where if anybody else was interested, they could uh, come and listen and uh, we could have a good time with it. Now, in the back of my mind, I thought, you know, it would be great to uh, be able to do interviews. I've been around for a little while, and I know a lot of people that have very, very interesting stories. But I hadn't really put a whole lot of thought into that side of things yet, just because I was still working on presenting my story and seeing how all this develops. But the other day, I had a couple people message me, stating that they would love to be on my show. So, here we are. What better time than now to start doing the interviews? I am excited and honored. And, well, I'm not going to lie, a little nervous about doing this, my very first interview. But we're going to go with it and have some fun. My first guest is a young man I've known his whole life. He was very instrumental in um, being supportive when I came back to Michigan in 2019 and decided that I was going to start playing again. He also inspired me to think more outside of the box, to put myself out front more than, say, I would have before. It's kind of funny how things move full circle. Here, I used to give him guitar lessons when he was a kid, and very proud of the fact that he actually took music to a point where it was making him a living. And now I'm learning from him how to get out of my comfort zone, how to put myself out front more than, say, being that side man or that person that was always backing somebody else up. He is a singer-songwriter. He is based out of Kalamazoo, Michigan. And he's found a way to carve out his own path, his own little niche for what he's doing with his music. So I want to play this tune by the damn handsome devil called A Song for Letting Go. I hope you enjoy it. And I wanna see the 
Devin, how you doing, buddy? I know it's been a while since we've been in touch, but it's really great to hear from you. Yeah, man, same. I'm really happy that uh, we've been able to catch back up and uh, get, in, get back in touch with one another over the um, the last couple of years. I think it's probably been about two years since we've seen each other, uh, if that. Um, yeah, really grateful for the time that we had together in Kalamazoo and... Um, Really happy to hear that you're doing so well, and we've got this new uh, evolution of our uh, of our relationship. Yeah, man, it's always a great time hanging out with you, and I really miss playing with you, bud. It's uh, always fun. So, where are you from? Well, okay, so I'm I'm from originally um, uh, Rollin, Michigan. Which is a small highway between uh, a small town on a small highway between two other small towns, uh, between Addison and Hudson, Lower East Side of Michigan. Um, 
And I grew up there with my grandparents, my mother for the first 10 years of my life. I kind of spent my time between uh, Rollin um, and Hudson. And then I went to school um, at Addison Elementary. Um, then my mom, uh, I moved in with her boyfriend uh, when I was about 10 um, to Battle Creek because uh, he worked in Kalamazoo and I lived there until uh, I was 21 and moved to Kalamazoo and for the most part, other than 2020, I was, I've been in uh, and still reside in Kalamazoo. So when did the music bug bite you? When did you first start getting interested in music? Well, I wasn't really much into music until my mom uh, met her boyfriend that we met, ended up moving in with. Um, and he was a huge metalhead. Um, like uh, Iron Maiden, Megadeth, um, Ice Earth, those were like his predominant um, bands. And those were like the three bands that I really listened to um, basically nonstop. Uh, from like ages nine, um, it probably till about twelve. Um, so I was constantly around music. He was always listening to music. Um, him and my mom would constantly go to shows. Um, he was very much like a, a, a heavy metal guy, and that was his that was his lifestyle. Um, so that was that's what got everything kind of started. But then what got me to okay, this is what I want to do, I want to play music. It's actually playing um, uh, classic Tony Hawk Underground PlayStation game. Um, and once you get so far, you, can, uh, you unlock this level called Hotter Than Hell, and it's a KISS concert. Um, and when you hit like a certain move or something, you unlock music videos. And there were live performances of, uh, of KISS, and the first one I think unlocked was um, hotter than it was a, a God of Thunder, uh, where Gene Simmons, you know, uh, Gene Simmons sings the song and he gets like pulled up uh, onto a higher level and flies all over the place, spitting blood. And, uh, and I was just like, oh shit, this is so cool! And I just became a game obsessed. Um, and grandparents saw that I was. I was uh, really getting into uh, this, so they bought me a bass for Christmas, um, and that's that's kind of where I started was playing bass. And I'm pretty sure um, that's how our lessons started too. Was you were giving me guitar lessons, you were giving me bass lessons um, on my my first act bass. Oh yeah, that's right. It was bass, wasn't it? Um, trying to learn how to be a bass player, but I could basically only get in touch with people who play guitar. Um, and then eventually, uh, played uh, Guitar Hero 3. That introduced me to Slash, Guns N' Roses, and I got really into playing guitar, and I would, um, I would try and play the, uh, uh the guitar melodies and, and what solos I could on bass, um, by ear. Uh, to my uh, Guns N' Roses CDs um, and eventually I was I believe I was 14 when I got my first guitar my my mom's dad 
Um, my grandpa on that side bought me a uh, some classical acoustic um, from a uh, an antique shop, I think in an arbor. So rusted and um, terrible buzzing and I mean, was not a great guitar, but I mean, it, it got me started and remember the ride home from Ann Arbor, um, I, uh, I I was playing the guitar in the back seat, like, I just couldn't put it down. Um, I think by that point I was reading Guitar, guitar World, um, and they came with like little um, instructional DVDs, and uh, I think I started with, it was like, Randy Rhodes um, introduction or something like that. Um, exposed to uh, Southern Rock in some way. Um, I think it was probably through Pantera and um, Black Leo Society. Well, that's definitely an interesting way of uh, getting exposed to Southern Rock, huh? <laughs> but your musical roots do run deep. I remember your mother playing with one of the guitar players that I used to play in a band with, and she was an accomplished musician in her own right. Yeah, yeah, my mom, uh, my grandmother, uh, her mom, she was the organist of, uh, of our church for, I mean, God, forever, it was like 30 years. Um, yeah, but uh, basically she was very, uh, very talented. Uh, musician as well, so it was, it was just fucking bound to happen at some point. I do remember they had uh, had you a bass, and I was pretty vocal about getting you to play guitar myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like I remember that because I was trying to get you to teach me um, uh, Metallica songs at that point. Uh, Master uh, Master Puppets was one of the first CDs I owned, if not the first CD I owned, and I was just, you know, all about trying to learn how to be Cliff Burton, and yeah, vaguely remember that. I was like maybe nine at that point. Yeah, I know you were very, very young. Um, I had ended up moving away, and we had lost touch for a number of years, and I had came back, and I remember you were probably a late teenager like 18 or 19 and talking to you at uh, your uncle's wedding William's wedding and um, you were talking about uh, how you were getting your start playing gigs and stuff do you want to uh, kind of elaborate a little bit about how you got your start doing that yeah um, my freshman year I started getting together with other musicians, um, with other friends, and found on a drummer and um, a, a bass player who um, who became my best friend. We're still close friends. I talk to him almost every other day, um, and we started uh, we started a band under the drummer's garage. Um, we were a metal band called Drop Sick Poets, which is like the most quintessential um, first band name, I think, <laughs> metal band name. Uh, and like the, the bass player and I, we were really into, I was really into like thrash metal 
the bass player was kind of into more like disturbed Godsmack sort of thing, and the drummer and the lead vocalist or screamer, I guess, um, were into nothing but um, the popular metalcore of that time. Um, so there was all this conflict of like musical interests, but. Um, uh, we would jam, kind of wrote a few songs, and then uh, uh, a close friend of mine, his dad was a um, popular musician in the Battle Creek area, and he got us our first show, um, and so we could we could actually get on stage. Um, he recommended that we learn these um, classic uh, classic metal songs. I, think I was probably 15 at that point. Um, had like a, a really cool Les Paul Jr. that was black with like this tobacco burst. Um, and uh, played at Planet Rock, which I think it's called a music factory now in Battle Creek. Uh, yeah, and then like once, once that happened, then we became like the... We were like the rock guys, the, the musicians, the, uh, and that's like... That's what we we did. Um, had that band for I think a year, um, and then um, Scott Bradley, the bass player, and Landon Hutchings, the drummer, um, we became um, Downfall, and we we would uh, like practice almost every day we possibly could, um, especially that that uh, summer between my junior and senior year that. What we did every day was we practiced every day. Um, it was so much fun. Um, that's when I did like our, we did our first photo shoots, um, and we were um, constantly trying to get shows um, in the Battle Creek area. We expanded out to like Indiana, and I think we played um, a show or two in Ohio because he was going to be going to college. Um, so it's just the drummer and I, and we ended up getting together with, um, because we had played so many shows at Planet Rock and the surrounding area, we became quite close friends with uh, the other bands. And um, a lot of our favorite bands ended up um, breaking up for this or that reason, so we ended up making like a super group of um, metal bands in that area. Um, and that's how I made, or how we came up with um, I Am Six. I did like um, most of my, put most of my time and effort into. Um, called me and said I could sleep on his floor if I wanted to, um, so we could get the band, uh, keep the, the momentum going with the band. Four guys in this two-bedroom apartment in Battle Creek with four cats, and you know, Scott and Lev had their own rooms, and Landon and I uh, slept on the floor um, in the living room, and it was like that for like three years, maybe longer, three and a half years. So during this time period, did you guys uh, do many recording? Uh, sounds like you pretty much lived the band lifestyle for a number of years there. Um, how much recording did you do? 
we did um one EP um and then ended up uh recording a full album. Or no, we did two EPs. That's right. We did one EP with Joby Pucker who um uh, who we ended up doing our, our full album with the album was called um Emotion at Rest. But that, that second EP we ended up using that recording for a song called Land Sanity. Um use that recording for the one music video that we we put out with Steven Richmond, I think is his name. If you if you look up I am six uh on YouTube, um that's the only video that the only video that we have, uh or music video at least. Um and then our Facebook page I'm sure still has all of the um live recordings of us playing in Marshall and um that was like our stopping grounds, Marshall Battle Creek, Kalamazoo. That's what got me really to go to Kalamazoo was the music scene in Kalamazoo because uh there no house shows in Battle Creek, but there, there are plenty of house shows in Kalamazoo. And, uh, yeah, it's my, it's my favorite thing about Kalamazoo, the artistic uh, student ghetto is just it's where it's at. So by the time I caught back up with you in 2019, um, at that time you were hosting open mic nights with your just you and your acoustic guitar, um, playing a lot of gigs and uh rounding up musicians and um filling up your shows with different musicians doing different time slots where was the time period where you went from being in bands to being a solo artist where you was just you and your guitar because for me that was a a very different way to play than being in a band and it seemed like you made the transition, you know, relatively smoothly by the time I saw you again. So did you start um, uh, playing like just on a corner and open up your your guitar case for tips? Yeah, actually, that is that is kind of how it, um, it started out. Um, I had my mom's and still do my mom's uh, 1972 uh, Washburn acoustic that is a beautiful guitar too by the way yeah thank you didn't you also play uh at some of the places like in hudson michigan by your your grandparents house over there and uh these small little towns like hudson and rollin and um just right on the street corner there or um in the little cafes there was one place that i did play at in hudson um called rumors I don't really recall playing on um, on any street corners in that area, um, but I did play at Rumors, and I think that was the first time I think I had like my own like my own show, and I play I would play there like once or twice a week, um, if not if not more than that. So I did play a couple shows, um, pretty damn good money actually, um, just off the tips. Uh, and I would get a free meal. I had like uh, the owner was. A, a, a cousin of mine um, and he was uh, <laughs> he didn't really care for my music unless I played um, uh, unless I played like some something from the 70s and uh, okay okay that now that's music to me or some shit like that you know yeah you know how that goes <laughs> <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, like my um, my uh, like audition, I played um, Hey Yo uh, or Snow by um, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, which is, uh, I mean, that's a hell of a song to play in guitar, um, especially that that main riff. I entered, I turned it into my own acoustic version, but that main riff that John Frusciante does is ridiculous, um, and. Yeah, just he wasn't impressed at all until I played like the Joker by the Steve Miller band. Like, okay, I guess you could play. Um, yeah, that's just the way it goes with uh, with playing in those in those small clubs and bars like that. Because uh, yeah, I remember when I first got my first gig playing on the weekends. Um, we could have played "Achy Break Your Heart" all night long, and nobody would have cared. And just that one song. <laughs> So it's funny how these songs just bring back memories for people and they just, you know, they really love them, you know. Yeah, for sure. Nostalgia is a powerful element. So what brought you, what actually brought you to Kalamazoo? What what made you decide to actually make the move to Kalamazoo? So um, I knew that there was uh, an abundance of, of young creative types in Kalamazoo. Um thanks to the experience that I had in the Vine neighborhood and um, I was dating a girl that lived in in Kalamazoo and um, I would go up there quite often with her and she was an artist and uh, um, I was just exposed to so much I wasn't getting in Battle Creek. Yeah, the the Kalamazoo uh, music scene is still really, really good. Even even in... um michigan in certain spots where you know the uh the music has died in a lot of places now um i wanted to ask you too about uh developing your show i know when i was coming up um being in a band we were able to had the luxury of bouncing ideas off of people now cultivating your own acoustic solo show at the age where you were doing it how difficult was it to decide the sets and to figure out what was working and what wasn't <laughs> um well I, I fortunately would have um a loving partner who was there uh she was at nearly every show um, i don't think she was working there at that point any longer um but uh so she would definitely help Helped me curate what sounded good, what she thought sounded good with it. Um, and my own experience of just, I have such a wide range of, of musical interests and um, been referred to as like a juke, uh, a walking jukebox. And uh, so I just had all these songs that I, I had either been playing for a long time, um, I had learned over the years, or would just like I'd hear a song and go, oh, I think I can turn that into an acoustic song. Um, that's like one of my favorite. Uh, that was like one of my favorite things to do is if I hear a song and then I've heard you talk about this too. Um, how exciting is take take a song that, that's by a, um, that you hear by a band of people and try and figure out how you can compress it to sound good coming from just one acoustic. Yeah, I personally have a lot of fun rearranging songs like that. Instead of playing it note for note and trying to play it just like the record, you can just add a little bit of your own style and creativity in it too. Yeah, so that was that was really how I did um, 
how I did my sets. Um, I just wrote out all the songs that I knew, and then I would try and write out, um, like, I'd try and categorize them by genre, and then towards the end of it, I was, cate- I was trying to categorize them by um, what key they were in, in addition to what genre, in addition to the, like, EPM, um, so I could kind of get a, a flow of a set list. Um, fortunately, because of my sporadic interests, um, I would often like learn a song that you know a day before or something, and then it kind of wouldn't work. Um, like it would work, but barely. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much how I would do. Uh, I come up with my set list most most every time. So, how did how did you make the transition? Um from basically going from the weekends to full-time because uh, you were pretty much playing full-time by the time we caught back up in 2019. And I know there in Kalamazoo, there was probably, what, five open mics a week you could go to in even that small town. Um, how long was the journey to get to basically full-time? Well, I was really fortunate in having a, a, a partner that supported me through that time and she just one day just kind of shook me by the shoulders and was like what do you want to do at that point i had uh i was already doing the damn handsome devil thing and he's like you know what let's just let's just give it a try so um i put all my effort into uh being a musician well, I know when um, you started asking me to come to these open mics that, um, to me, your show sounded well-developed, and I could tell that you had gained a ton of experience over the years, and um, the time that you spent playing full-time um, showed a consistency in your playing and how, how much better you got. When you were playing several days a week, how did that... Uh, inspire you to develop your show even more like were you able to break it down even more and and um, dial it in a little bit more and more every time i never wanted to play like the same show each time because you know you have musicians that would just play the same set especially at the union as a cook and you could hear the musicians um i would get stuck i would get hung up on that idea that you had to play something different every single time so i would come up with completely new shows for every open mic, for every Damn Handsome Devil show. And that just became so exhausting and uh, it's not really realistic. Um, so I would throw in a little uh, a little flavor and I would do different songs. I would still make sure I was doing uh, different songs each time, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't try and like learn new material every time because for a while there I was trying to do that. And, I just have like an absurd number of songs that I used to play. I mean, absurd. Yeah, especially uh, being just you and your guitar. The average song is only about three minutes, so you're looking at like sixty plus songs a night just to just to cover the time period that uh, you get hired to cover. Yep. So, what are your plans for the near future? What's life after COVID look like for you, buddy? <laughs> Um, I've had a lot of people who 
saying they wanted to see me in the um, the open mic scene again. So I have plans to um, get back to the playing acoustically. But otherwise, I've been working with a drummer um, from the, uh, the local band called Nothing New. I hope to be um, to officially be in this band and us doing shows come like uh, March, April around that time. Um, still not settled on a particular name yet. Um, but uh, if, if, if that happens, and I'm really hoping it does, because working with other uh, other musicians right now, so we can't really do anything till March. But when it comes, man, I'm so excited. This will be the first band that I've uh, I've played with, um, first drummer I've worked with since I'm Six broke up. Uh, yeah, so that's that's where uh, my state of, uh, state as a musician is uh, these days. Well, that sounds great, man. Definitely keep me posted. If I'm relatively close, I will definitely be checking that out. So I wanted to thank Devin uh, for stopping by and, and chatting with us for a little bit. If you want to find any of Devin's stuff, I uh, will post the social media links in the description. And I hope you all have a blessed day and thank you for... Uh, listening to the first ever interview on uh, Finding My Freedom podcast and we will talk to you soon. See ya.